0: The following sermon is recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view
1: our website at www.ccfth.org. They do great things for God. This was not the first time Jesus spoke about, the, uh, or the, the Bible talks about the Spirit of God coming or moving in, in people's lives. But certainly... It says in this verse that the Spirit had not been given at, at this time because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But we know that he's been glorified, right? We know that he died on a cross. He paid the, the penalty for sin. He became the propitiation for our sins. He came to sacrifice. He paid the price. We know he was in a grave. We know he rose from the dead. We, can, we also know that in the fulfillment of what he said here was, in Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place and the Holy Spirit came upon them. That's really a reference to this. You can look at it up for yourself. And Jesus is asking anybody thirsty. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And I don't know about you, maybe it's just living in Thailand or maybe it's because it's hot. But man, I'll tell you what, sometimes in our spiritual life it gets pretty dry. And it gets pretty dusty. I'm learning in my life that Jesus has to be the only one that can satisfy that longing in my heart. He's the only one that will sustain that hunger that we have. He's the only one who can do that. And so if you look at this, the first time we see the Spirit mentioned in the book of John was through the ministry of John the Baptist. And John, we know him as a forerunner. John kept telling everyone, I am not the Christ, I am not he. Someone's coming after me. He is of a higher rank than I. I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals of his feet. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John says, he who sent me to baptize didn't tell me who it was. But he said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit remaining upon him, this is the one.
0: We can look at that
1: story where Jesus comes up out of the water. The cloud formed, right? The cloud formed there. The voice of God came, this is my beloved son. And the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus. Now, John says, or I'm sorry, Luke says, in Luke chapter 3, John, the Baptist, beheld the Spirit. How did he do that? I don't know how he did that, but he did it. And it was like in bodily form, like a dove. It resembled a dove. The Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus. The next day, some of the disciples of John looked as Jesus was walking and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Why? Because... The Spirit of God had come and remained upon Jesus, and this was the one. He was the one who would then have the promise of the Spirit, and he would be the one that would pour the Spirit out upon those who would believe in him. We so find the first reference there in John chapter 1, verse thirty-three, where John talks about that. Then we find another reference in John chapter 3, where Jesus has this dialogue with Nicodemus. The demons. They know Jesus is this teacher sent from God because no one can do the things except God be with him. Nicodemus was pretty smart. He goes to Jesus that night because he was afraid. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Except the man be born again, he can't even see into the kingdom of God. Wow. Except the man be born of water and of the flesh. Which is flesh is flesh. How many of you have some flesh? Can you to pictures out there? I look at me because you see a lot of flesh. I'll pinch the person next to you. You're not flesh and blood? Right? Born of flesh is flesh. Born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. Except going man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, when you were in your mother's womb, you were surrounded in water. Water. And when that water breaks, you're going to have a baby, right? That's the natural birth. And Jesus said, Except a man be born again, born anew. Nicodemus says, how can that happen? How do I go and enter into the Father's room a second time? Can't happen. Good question.
0: So we see a reference there of the
1: spiritual birth Jesus talked about. John chapter 3, verse 8, he talks about the wind blowing. We hear the sound of it. We don't know where it comes from, where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit.
0: And we find in John chapter
1: 4, Jesus makes another reference about water. In John 7, he talks about he who believes in him. Out of his innermost being shall flow a river of living water. John 4 talks to this woman about water.
0: The water he gives us
1: will become in us water, a well that springs up to everlasting life. Isaiah 12, verse 3, With joy we shall draw waters from the wells of salvation. And this woman, being a Samaritan, didn't understand all. she had some knowledge. And they were looking at his place. The Jews were looking at Jerusalem, and Jesus is saying, Look, it's neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem you shall worship the Father, but those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. This is another reference of the Spirit. God is Spirit. Those of us who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. I want us to look now, go right in your Bible, to uh, Jesus makes some direct claims. What the Holy Spirit will do when He comes. John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus makes some really clear implications and He describes what the Holy Spirit will do when He comes. Who is He and what does He do? What does He do in our life? Let's look. John chapter 14. We're going to look through some scriptures here. John 14, verse 16 uh, and 17. Let's look together. We're gonna, to, we're gonna go through very quickly some references here in John. First one, John 14:16. A little heading above this little scripture says, the role of the Spirit. And in my Bible, it's what it says. It's certainly not inspired, but kind of gives you a reference point of what it's going to talk about. Verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of the Truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Verse 25, these things I have said to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your mind all that I have said to you. Let's hop over to... Chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will be witness of me. And you will be witness also because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe me. And concerning righteousness because they go to the Father and you no longer behold me. Look at verse uh, 12 and 13. I have many more things to say to you and you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own initiative. And as he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Verse fourteen: He shall glorify me. We shall take of mine, and he shall show it unto you. All things the Father has His mind. Therefore, I said, He takes of mine and discloses it unto you. So there are some really, really cool things I think about. What the Holy Spirit will do when he comes. In John chapter 7 we read, "And this he spoke of, the Spirit, and those who were to believe in him were to receive, even as the scripture says, And so now in John 14, 15, and 16, we have the characteristics, or we have the, what the Holy Spirit will do when he comes. Who is he? What will he do? So first of all, when I read these verses, it tells me that he comes. Well, he has come. Right? He comes. John 16, verse 7. Right? John 16, verse 7. I'm sorry, verse 8. He says, and when he comes. I like that. And when he comes. This is John 15, 26, as we read. And when the Helper comes. So Jesus is sort of making a transition to these 12 guys that he's trained. And he was going to, as we know, go to the cross. And he would then send to them the Holy Spirit, who would then dwell in them and carry on the mission of the church. And so the key is here, we can see the first thing is that he comes. Jesus said when he comes, he will dwell with us, he will be with us forever. here again. Notice that Jesus said, "He." it's pretty simple, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is a divine person. He has a will. He has a mind, he has emotions. He has a voice. He's able to hear. He is a divine person. He is the third person in the Trinity. He is the promise of the Father. He is the gift of God. those are all the different references that we can make concerning the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to us that He would not just be with us. How many know there's a difference with with the Holy Spirit being with us, somebody being with us? But Jesus said He would not just be with us, but He would be where? He would be in us forever. So that means to, to us that we are never alone. We may feel alone. There may be things in our life that cause us to feel alone, to feel abandoned. But in the end, God hasn't. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I know in my Christian walk, in the beginning, it was very easy for me to understand who God was. Or we have this understanding of God the Father. We sort of know Jesus as our Savior. We, see, we seem to understand it very, very easily, this third person, this divine person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is not as clear as we'd like it to be. It's not as spelled out as clearly. And sometimes in our experience, we're not quite sure. We understand it fully. And it's very, it's very important for us to understand the basics of who he is, and what he's like, and how we can get to know him better. I, I remember oftentimes as a new Christian 20 some years ago that, you know, I was always amazed I mean, incredibly hungry for God in my life and always amazed when people would get up and testify how God spoke to them maybe the pastor or the preacher or the teacher or how God spoke to them told them such and such and I was always amazed but I always kind of shrunk back from that because I thought, you know what happens if I get it wrong? what happens if I hear wrong? I remember one day saying to the Lord, God, if you want to speak to me, please speak to me from the Word. So I can see it, clearly. know oh, it's you. Okay? And you know what? I did. And I, I, I gained some confidence in that. And, and I was still kind of wondering, how, how, what does God's voice sound like? John chapter 10 Verse 26 and 27, Jesus tells us that His sheep hear His voice. We know them, but He knows us and we follow Him. So there is is a way that we can know God by hearing His voice. And there are times that we are going to get it wrong. There are times that we get it wrong. But don't stop trying. I remember I was in Bible school, a very young man, very hungry for God, studying the Word, and... It was coming around the time of deer hunting in Pennsylvania, and uh, boys, we like to hunt and fish. And I remember, you know, every first day of deer season, I mean, the school's empty. Nobody, nobody goes to school first day of deer hunting in Pennsylvania. Nobody goes. And in some counties, they even have the holiday off. Our school didn't, so my mom had to write an excuse or he was sick or something like that. Or sick or and when I was younger, and so. Here I was, this new Christian, and just loving God, and in the Bible, and studying the Bible. And, you know, and God gave me a verse, John chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus talks about giving us his peace. And the verse lifted off. It lifted off the page. And I had never missed the first day of deer hunting in my life. But that day, I decided to go to Bible school. I was working. Uh, I was in Bible school eight to, 8 to 3, and then working 4 to 12. Whew, man, no wonder I feel tired. That was a long time ago. I'm still tired. And so that day, I went, to, I went to Bible school. Studying the Word, God gave me this verse. So right away, it wasn't far. My Our church had a two-year Bible training program. It wasn't far from the house. So I drove home from school and got my gun and went up to my favorite spot. And I'm walking up there, and there's a guy in my spot. Now, this is our property. This is not my mother's farm. I mean, there's nothing supposed to be doing there. But there he was. I thought, what am I going to do? is the first day here and I've been here sitting been in Bible school all day. It's going to get dark in two hours. What are we going to do? And I hear this little, this little voice, just this little thought. I do not say God. This little thought says, go stand on the corner of the field. Okay? The next little thought the deer the horns on it, is going to walk right across this field. I'm telling you, within... Half a minute. Boom! Shot him. <laughs> guy who was in the clock went down. Look what the Lord did. Look what God did. Hobby Dear was gonna come by and I shot him. You guys are once with him. But that's how it started for me. That's how it started. God does speak to us folks. I'm picking on Tim here today. When Tim went through the book of Acts and looked at all the different ways the Holy Spirit spoke to the church, I'm telling you something. Something changed my life. I started to, hey, wait a minute. All that stuff off that we take so for granted. And, oh, we've been a Christian forever. And yeah, we know all that. And God really does speak to us. And He really wants to tell us things. He really does. The difference is getting Jesus on the inside. A lot of people in Christianity try to live his life without his life. And it's to get Jesus on the inside first. When he gets on the inside, life changes. Life changes. What does Paul say in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God, who died and gave Himself for me. We've got to let Jesus live His life through us.
0: He who has the
1: Son has life. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, we too shall be revealed with Him in glory. So I want to encourage you this morning just to come before the Lord. Maybe like you did in the beginning. And just think about Jesus and, and the way that you know him to be. And if you're thirsty today, and if your spiritual life isn't where you want it to be, don't give up. Jesus, if any man is thirsty, come, come unto me and drink. Out of your innermost being. the place where God dwells. In Romans chapter 15, we've, or I'm sorry, chapter 8, verses uh 15 and 16, we find some amazing verses where we know that all those who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We know that we have not received the spirit of bondage leading to fear again, but the spirit of adoption is whereby we cry, "Have a Father, and the Spirit of God joins and bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. All I can say it this way. Suppose this is the Spirit of God. This is how I teach this all over the world. Suppose this is the Spirit of God, and this is the Spirit of man. According to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16, but the Spirit of God joins, jointly testifies,
0: bears witness with our spirit,
1: and tells us we are the sons of God. You can't get rid of it. You can't separate that. See? What
0: is, what is happening
1: in that verse there? The Spirit of God is saying. Spirit adoption we, we, option, God saying, I'm your father. I'm your father. I'm your father. You're my child. I'm your father. And what is our spirit saying? I'm a father. You are my dad.
0: You are my dad. Mm.
1: Mm. Jointly testifying, bears witness with our spirit. Do you have that witness? I hope you do. If you're born again by the spirit of God, you have that witness in yourself. can mm. Get rid of it. Mm. Mm. One spirit. First Corinthians chapter 6 through 17. He who joins himself with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. You mm. mm-hmm. can't get rid of him. Where we go, God goes. We don't leave him outside. Hey, Lord, you see, here I'm going to go in here. I'm going to go in here and sit a little bit here, Lord. No, where you go, God goes. Where you go, he goes and we can grieve Him and we can resist Him how do we, how do we grieve Him? wholesome words let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth but only such a word is good for edification you can grieve the Holy Spirit of God from whom you've been seen the day of redemption negative words speaking unwholesome words I'm guilty of that grieve Him I don't know about you, folks, but I want the Holy Spirit to be welcome in my life, in my family, in my thoughts, in my conversation, in my home, where I work, where I go. I want him to be welcome. And where I go, he goes. And he's already there before I get there. So the point is, he comes. And when he comes, he comes to He wants to live inside of us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Another little Bible school story here. There was a, in our city in Pittsburgh, there's this civic arena where all these rock bands used to come in there and cause all kind of chaos and against rock music. I have a teenager and I happen to listen to rock music myself. Some of the stuff just way out there. We were younger. We used to go down to the rock concerts and we'd track them. And we were so excited. Oh, who's coming now? Who's coming next month? Oh, let's make a track. Okay. We go down there and this band was called Twisted Sisters. And they were, I don't know, I never heard them before. But we know they were really twisted. And so we took a track. And we had, what does TS mean to you? Open oh, up today is the day of salvation. And so we'd get all prayed up, you know, and just quote half the Bible half the day and get so excited. Oh, who's going to pick us up? Oh, Pastor Ray or somebody who going pick us up. We'd go down to the rock concert. Okay, we'd scope it out. Okay, you get this entrance, you figure Okay, all these streets coming in, all these guys. Man, hey, there's some. there's I mean, some. People down there. Wow. So, okay, here's my little station. I got my tracks. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Track, 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 track. Droves would come by, you know. Here's people who can't even walk half of them. Give all these tracks. And all of a sudden, this one guy comes to me, sitting in the guardrail. And I was pretty scared. I thought, uh oh, it's kind of dark here, and, you know, my friends are out over there. What are we going to do? And what happened to this guy? So he starts, you know, mouthfuls a little bit. I give him a track. He's, he reads it a little bit. And, uh, you know, long story short, this guy told me that at one time he had gone to church and he listened to all the stuff and read the Bible and tried to read it, and he just couldn't do it. He said, I can't live the Christian life. He said, Hold on a minute. Track this guy, track this guy, come back. Talk. He said, look, the reason is, you have to get Jesus on the inside. Because you cannot live his life without his life. And I told him the story in John 3 about being born again. And I led this guy to the Lord. And he was a little, bit, you know, a little shocked up there. But you know what? Man sees the outward appearance. God sees the heart. I'll leave that to God. He's in sales. He's in management. I'll figure, figure that out. The Lord knows those who are here. You want to pray to receive Jesus? Okay, let's pray. So this person comes by, and they start really mouthing off to me. They're religious bigot. All of a sudden, the guy sits on the door and says, "Hey, you guys, shut up!" He's talking about Jesus. The difference is, you got to get Jesus in your life. You cannot live his life without his life. Try it. I, I, I dare you to try it. Don't be miserable. And Jesus promised us that we would have life and life in abundance. But so sometimes our experiences does not tell us that. But the Apostle Paul says, having nothing, possessing all things, I have learned to be content with whatever situation I'm in. Jesus has to be our source. If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And he who believes in me, he said, out of our innermost being shall flow a river of living water. And there's sometimes in my life it gets pretty dry. You can't find it. But you know what? You dig, you dig long enough. You stay in God's presence long enough. You do the things that you know to be true. You spend time in the Word. The water starts coming out again. The freshness comes back again. Why? Because it springs up into everlasting life. It is a well in there. Okay, let's go on here. Okay, let's look here. Uh, now I'm not really getting excited. Okay, let's look at number two. First one is He comes. Second one is in these verses, John 14, 15, and 16, in these chapters, the Holy Spirit is sent, He's given, and He's received. Let's look here. So, the first one is we look at John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So, here we find Jesus saying, I'm going to ask the Father, and the Father is going to give you. Notice what it says here another helper, another comforter. Maybe two people will with this, or some of the Greek scholars out there. There are two Greek words for the word another. The first one is heteros, which comes from 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul says about the gifts of the Spirit, and to one he gave and to, he gave, and to another he gave, and to another he gave, and to another he gave. That word another means one of a different kind. Meaning, okay, he must give... Uh, This person, this kind of gift, the Holy Spirit gives this person, this kind of gift, and to another he gives this certain kind of gift, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy. One of a different kind, that's the word heteros, one of a different kind. This word in John 14 here, another helper, which comes from another Greek word, which means alos, which means one of the same kind, one of a different kind, one of the same kind. In the Vines Expository Dictionary says, I'm going to send you the rest. Wow. I'm going to send you the rest. The rest. Wow. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you another one just like myself. Wow. And we know the, the, we know the, the word helper or comforter is the word parakletos, which means to come alongside, to assist, and to aid another person. That's his role in our life. Just the other day I had had gone over to Kathy's and uh, delivered our, uh, the chairs that they had loaned us for Thanksgiving last year, finally returned them. And um, I noticed Kathy was taking out groceries from her car. And so what happened? Kids lined up, there was I think it was Amy out there and Sam, I think just I grabbed one and, and sauna and, and I said, Well, can I help? Sure, grab a bags, walking to the door. what was I doing? I was coming alongside, assisting and helping. Hey, let me carry that for you. Okay, fine. What do you you're doing something and you thought... I wish I had some help. (laughs) Hello? I've been like that. Oh, sure, let me help you with that. Oh, let me help you with that. How good you feel, don't you? Sometimes I say, Lord, if you can just do this, it would be so simple if you just go, but God wants us to do it. He wants to assist us in doing it. That's why we are co-laborers with Christ. He wants to come alongside and help and assist and govern God. So here we find that he is given. Jesus said, I will ask, and the Father will give you. Listen to 14, verse 25. These things I have spoken unto you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So he is sent. Jesus said, I'm going to ask. The Father is going to give. Now in this verse 25 we find... That the Father is going to send him in my name. So he's given, he's sent. What else? Let's look at uh, verse 26 of John 15. We've read this before. Verse 26. And when the father comes, whom I will send. So, Jesus. So who's sending him here? (laughs) Is Jesus sending him? Is the Father sending him? I mean... Well, Jesus is going to ask, the Father is going to give, the Father is going to send, Jesus is going to send. Wow. Man, can you see the correlation of the Trinity here? God's role, Jesus' role, the Holy Spirit's role. So he's sent, he's given. He, Jesus is going to send him, and we find that He he proceeds from the Father he also proceeds from the Father. I had that mark somewhere here. Oh, verse, uh, John 15, verse 26. And when the Helper whom, the, whom I will send from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father. Who proceeds from the Father. Oftentimes, Jesus said, no one could come to Jesus, no one could come to me, he said, except the Father draws him. Jesus said, all who the Father gives me, I will give eternal life to them. Paul says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you have the Father drawing people to Jesus, and you have Jesus revealing who the Father is. It's amazing to me the, the dynamic of the, of the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. No one can come to me except the Father draws him. All that the Father has given me, I lose not one, but raise him up on the last day. So we need to have the Holy Spirit at work in our evangelism when we share Christ with people. We need him to be working in our life. We know also in John 20, verse 22, this is after Jesus had raised from the dead. The disciples are, for fear of Jews, they're kind of hiding away in the upper room and Jesus comes right in their midst, sort of just walks right in there and says, Peace. Be unto you. (laughs) Shows them his hands and his feet. And then he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Breathe upon them. So he sent, given, received. He proceeds from the Father. And then John 20, after he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, he said, If you forgive the sins of any, they shall be forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they shall be retained. So what does that tell me? Well, the first manifestation of the first attribute of the Holy Spirit, according to John 20, verse 22, is the ability to forgive sins. I think that's an amazing thing. We're to love each other as Christ loved us. That's a lot of love. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit work in our life, it's very difficult to extend forgiveness and, 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 and ask God to forgive us as well without the Holy Spirit's help. Let's go on here. In this chapter, in these verses, he's referred to as a helper and comforter, which we already talked about. You can find that in John 13, verses uh, 16. Also, John 15, verse 26, uh, the helper or the comforter, which we already talked about, his role in our life is to assist and to aid, to come alongside us in our Christian life. To help us. To comfort us. How many of you need comfort? I need comfort sometimes. I I need a lot of comfort sometimes. And God has called the... The God of all comfort. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comforts who comforts us in any situation. God wants to be our comforter. Because sometimes in our human relationships, they only go so far. There's only so far we can meet other people's needs. But God wants to comfort us. He wants to be our helper. I want to be your helper. God wants to be our helper. Psalm 46: God is a very present help in times of trouble. Those who know His name will put His trust, put their trust in Him. God wants to be our helper. If you read the Psalms, oftentimes David refers to God as His helper. God, you're my helper. God wants to be our helper. He's referred to as the Spirit of Truth, John 14:17. That is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not behold me or know me, but you know him because he abides with you and shall be in you. So Jesus refers to him as the Spirit of Truth. You can. There's other verses that tell us that in uh, John 15 verse 26, the Spirit of Truth. John 16 verse 13, the Spirit of Truth. When he comes, God is the God of truth, right? God's word is truth. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Truth. Okay? Next, He's called the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 25. These things I speak to you while abiding with you, but when the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls Him the Spirit of Truth. Jesus calls Him the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls Him the Helper or the Comforter. Okay? So what is he going to do when he comes? Well, First of all, we know he's going to dwell in us. Jesus said he no longer will be with us, but he'll be in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So God dwells in us by his Spirit. Not just with us, but in us. Sometimes this is comfortable. Okay, alright, I understand the with. Okay, God's with me. But the God in me can be a little challenging. But the natural mind doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto Him. So He will dwell in us. Secondly, He will abide in us forever. Man, forever is a long time. It's hard for us to imagine what that, what that is. What's that going to be like forever? Man, if God's going to be with me forever, the Holy Spirit's going to be with me forever, man, I'll tell you, I better get to know Him better. Because forever is a long time. There's no death to do with This is forever. We are with Him forever. And He promises. I mean, in, in Joshua, God told him, I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll be with you. Just as I spoke to Moses, I'll speak to you. No one will stand before you all the days of your life. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord is with you wherever you go. He'll be with us forever. He will abide with us. That word abide in the Greek means eno, which means to dwell with. Right? Oh, man, that's a good word there. I'll I'll just leave that one for you to look up on your own. That's a good one to abide with. He'll be with us forever. That's the same word when John said, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining. Nino, you know, which means to abide. Jesus was the one who baptizes.
0: Okay, what else is he
1: going to do? Well, he's going to help and comfort us, which we talked about. How about this one? He's going to teach us and instruct us. John fourteen twenty-five. <clears throat> These people I spoke to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. Wow. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He's going to teach us all things. Let's look at, uh, also let's look at John 16, 13. When uh, When He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth he does not speak on his own initiative but as he hears he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Wow. Jesus said he will teach us all things. He will lead us into all truth. He will cause us to remember the things that Jesus taught us. Now you can imagine these guys he's talking to here. This was the this was the foundation of the early church. These were the guys that were going to go out. And Jesus says, "You have many more things I want to tell you, but you cannot bear them now." How many of you know? I mean, even raising kids, there's so many things we tell our kids, but they can't hear it now. Hello, right? There's so many things I can be fitness sometimes. Sometimes I need to be, you know, I need it. I need someone to tell me, tell me and tell me and tell me and tell me and tell me. Are we open to learn, or do we think we've learned it all? We've been to school and we've been in ministry, and we, you know, we've raised our kids, or we're doing well. Is that? Do we just say, "Okay, that's it. I'm done now. I've arrived"?
0: Whenever we stop
1: learning, we start growing. There's so many more things that God wants to tell us and give us. If we're ultimately to taught by Him, it may be different than what we were used to. God wants to teach us. Look here. It says here, John sixteen thirteen It says He. He hears. I like that. John sixteen verse thirteen, uh, going on down through there. Jesus said that He does not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, it tells me. It kind of helps you that Jesus said all that the Father has is Mine. That's a lot of stuff, right? We have received an inheritance. There's a lot of stuff. Being blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Being born again into a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord. To obtain an inheritance which is incorruptible, undefiled, protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. So Jesus said, all that the Father has is mine. So Jesus has all the stuff. And then the Holy Spirit is going to take. going to take those things and he's going to show them to us. I don't know about you, but that's what I see in that verse. That he's going to take those things, whatever they are, and he's going to show us who Jesus is. He's going to show us who the Father is. He's going to show us how to live our life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9, starting in verses 9, it goes on there. It says, The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, all the things that God has prepared for those who love God. But to us, it's been revealed to us by the... Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the very deep things of God. That's why it's so important for us to begin to understand again and look again at who this divine person really is in our life and how important is it that we get to know Him better. where we just comfortable and just, okay, we kind of know God is our Father and we can see Jesus as our Savior. But as far as it goes, I don't, cross, I don't cross this line! Okay, that's where you want to be, fine.
0: But like Jesus said, If any man is supposed to go, come
1: unto me and drink. That God is not a respecter of persons. He's patient. He's got a lot of patience with me. He's patient. I mean he meets us where we're at. And if we're satisfied there, that's fine. We can live in that realm. We can live in that place. Or we can say, okay, God, I'm ready to go off. I'm ready to go off the deep end here. I want to I want to go with you, God. And I want to know more of who you are. I want you to teach me your word. There's so many things I don't know yet, Lord. I want to know. Most importantly, I want to know who you are. <laughs> Underneath that, where he teaches and guides us, not only does he hear, what does he do? He speaks. Right? Because if he does not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he speaks, or he will speak. I like that, and He will disclose, He will reveal to us the things of the, the Spirit, the things of God. One of the lessons I've learned and I'm learning, is if I want God to speak to me, and I speak very humbly, and I, and I, and I really do because I don't think I'm good at it, <laughs> I'm getting better, <laughs> but if you really want the Lord to speak to you, you've got to be willing to do what He's going to tell you. Full stop. There's a good book I recommend. It's um, by Lauren Cunningham. Is this really you, Lord? It's this whole vision of how he prayed the Lord for the vision for youth with a mission, and he tells us incredible story about him and his wife and the devastation they went through. With the fact that, and he gives some practical steps on how to hear the voice of God. Very, very practical, Bible-based, very good stuff. But even in John seven. Jesus said, if any man is willing to do his will, he will know of my teaching, whether I speak of myself or of God. He who speaks of himself glorifies himself. He who speaks from God speaks to glory of the woman who sent him. If you and I really want to get down and dirty with God, and we really want to do what he's telling us to do, the first step is to determine that you're going to do what God tells you to do. I'll tell you what, when you hear, you'll know. And then, look out. Better fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> Because even when God speaks, sometimes what happens next might not be very comfortable. <laughs> even when even when Moses received the word to go tell Pharaoh, God told him to go let these people go. And Moses. Then what happened? The Egyptians keep on more stuff. What did you do that for? You told me to go tell him about look what happened here. it's like that, folks. He hears He speaks, He discloses, He takes the things of God and shows them unto us. That's just the words of Jesus. That's what He said He would do. Okay, let's move on here. Okay, He will bear witness and glorify Christ, which we just read that. Let's look down here. Verse 14, He shall glorify me. For he shall take of mine and shall show this unto you. All the things the Father has in mind. Therefore I said, he takes of mine and discloses it unto you. Whenever
0: the Holy Spirit is
1: at work, and when you sense his presence working, he is always going to point us to Jesus. He's always going to lift up and elevate and exalt Jesus. Always. If you're ever in the place that doesn't happen, leave, because God's probably not there. Right? He's going to glorify Jesus. See, there's a respect there in the Trinity. It's very, very clear. Lastly, He will convict the world of sin. Let's look at John 16, verse 8, which we already read, but let's just look at this one. John 16, verse 8. And He, Holy Spirit, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, and righteousness, and judgment. In verse 9, he describes what that means. Concerning sin, because they don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in him. And concerning righteousness, because he goes to the Father, you no longer behold me. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So forth and so on. So the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin. And that's why we need to ask the Lord. I mean, I've been in Thailand for a while now, and it's one of the things I always ask. Holy Spirit, please come. Please come, convict. Because without that, without that conviction, without without that, what do we have? Without the Holy Spirit working people's lives. Without Him empowering us. Without us knowing that He's working even as we pray and as we go. And we know, we know the book of Joel tells us that in the last days, God's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. We have yet to see that, folks. We can live in the last days as long as I can remember. Last of the last days. Who knows how long it's going to be? But we can start seeing hearing God moving here, God moving there, God moving here. It just reminds us. It might not be happening in Thailand as much as we'd like it to be, but God's not going to overlook Thailand. Listen, we can't force revival. We can't force it, but we can certainly help it along a little bit. Ask God to bring conviction. We need it. We need the Holy Spirit. I always ask Holy Spirit, please come. Please come. Please help. Please reveal yourself. Please make yourself known. I look at people. I watch them. I make my family nervous sometimes. I go to grocery stores and watch people and start crying and stuff. You know, that's where God gets me. I just gets me in the grocery store. I don't know what it is. God, don't embarrass us. God, don't embarrass us. You know, I don't know about you, but that's just where it is. You look at people and you see. Jesus said, The Gentiles of the earth longingly seek these things food, bread, clothing. But your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So I want you to think about some of the things that I shared with you through the Word today and Ask the Lord again to make Himself known to you. If you're dry, Jesus is your source. If you need a touch from God, just right where you're at. Ask Him to come. Let's all stand. We're gonna um, we're gonna pray and go into some worship here, and just let this be a time where you can enter into the Lord's presence. Asking Him just to reveal Himself. Lord Jesus, we just thank You for this time this morning as we spend in Your Word. and Lord, we thank so much, God. and We just ask that You would bring clarity to some of the things we talk about, Lord. Most importantly, who You are, Holy Spirit. Your role in our life. And we just want You to feel welcome, Lord, in every aspect of our lives. That You would cleanse our minds cleanse our lips, God, cleanse our hearts. You would feel welcome, God, in our marriages, in our homes, among our children, in our school, in our community, in our country, in this nation, Lord. We want to know who you are. And we want to answer that question that you gave, is any man thirsty? Lord, that's me today. I am thirsty, Lord, for more of you. We appreciate what you're doing in our lives, Lord, and we ask you to, for more. We ask you to bring these things we do know to greater fruition, Lord, that we might fully walk with you. We're dry, Lord. We're thirsty. We're asking you to fill us today. We're asking you to fill us today, Lord, to the point of overflowing. wash
0: over us in Jesus' name. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian
1: Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.tcfth.org.